we uh, are able to enjoy the presence of the Lord. Amen. And we've been talking about <coughs> the Beatitudes and um, maintaining a Christian life. And I, <coughs> I know that we we went forward. Uh, we talked about how that Jesus began teaching, and that's found in the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, um, and uh, about uh, slide seven, uh, and began teaching in the fifth chapter that <coughs> the Beatitudes, and it's how to have an attitude of maintaining a, a life for Christ, and that's not easy. It is a struggle. And we'll talk about that tonight, but there is a, a war going on. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's a battle. And if you go, oh, it, living for the Lord is just so easy. Well, I, I don't know where you live, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a struggle all the time. What do you mean? You kind of have to, you know, you have to fight against the flesh. How many... You know, and and it's the process. Uh, <laughs> Mike Britton is sitting here, and um, last year I had bees boring holes into the wood around my house, and he came and sprayed. And guess what, Brother Mike? You didn't kill them all, or they came back. And I need to get with you after church and talk about when we can get back on the job. I've pulled weeds in my garden, and guess what? They come back. And no matter how much I baby the plants, huh? Amen. Sister Elaine and and uh, the girls and others work around church and they weed and they plant and they, and guess what? Once is not enough. Amen. You understand? So anything in life, I don't, you know, you say, well, I bought a house and I painted every room. I painted the outside of the house. Before long, you're going to have to paint it again. Amen. Okay? Parking lot. All, all beautiful, but probably this year we'll have to have it sealed again. Why? That's, you, you've got to keep working on it if you're going to maintain a Christian life. You're going to, you know, and much less, and, and so he talked about much less going forward. And so he talked about blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, blessed are the meek, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. <clears throat> Blessed are the merciful. Blessed, <coughs> excuse me, are the pure in heart. <clears throat> then he said, Blessed are the peacemakers. And then he sort of ends it. <clears throat> and we'll talk about that. But we, we mentioned a plant and growing and how the roots are first. And the first root was to be humble and to be poor in spirit. And then once you are poor in spirit, you need to also mourn, mourn and not from a natural mourning, not from a sinful mourning, but a godly mourning, a 
godly sorrow that works repentance. And when you come to the house of the Lord, it, it, you ought to leave at some point with a feeling of, I need to do better. I need to, <clears throat> I need to work on that. That's an area I need to change. Oh, Lord, forgive me. If you never have that sense of, I need to do better, then you don't have a good root system. I'm not saying you walk around guilt with, oh, I'm a terrible worm. I can't ever, I can't raise my head up. No, that godly repentance, which makes you say, Lord, forgive me and let the Lord stand you up and feel forgiven. Feel the mercy, feel the love of God, and feel like, you know, I can make this. And you may say, well, I feel stupid, I feel bad, I made a mistake, I feel, I understand, but you have to mourn that. Blessed are the meek, which means being willing to give up control. Not my will, but thy will be done, Lord. It's not what I want, but it's getting up every day, every day and praying, Lord, <clears throat> open the doors, help me today, give me grace today, give me direction today. And, and, and let me tell you, it's easy for that not to happen, meaning I kind of am just doing my own thing. I get up and I, I am just going straight at it. I've got this to do and I've got this to do today and I've got that to do today. And maybe you've never found yourself 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon saying, you know, I don't really know that I invited the Lord in today. I clocked in at work. I checked with my husband or wife about what we were got going today, but I didn't clock in with him. And you say, but... I can't, do, you know, I got to go to work today. I, I can't, you know, go to China and be a missionary this afternoon. Well, my guess is he's not going to ask you to do that. But, you know, you can say, wow. My mother just said, true. If he puts that in your mind, it might mean that you need to pray for the missionaries in China. Lord, help us that we would be sensitive to the Spirit, sensitive to the Lord. And so it's giving up control, uh, obeying God's Word, putting ourselves, obeying, and being a part of the body. Then, of course, Matthew, the sixth, fifth chapter and the sixth verse, this is slide 13 if you're following along, um, is blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so it is that first three are roots down into the soil, and then you start growing tall in the Lord. You start reaching up for God. If you try to reach up for God without having a sense of humility, without having a sense of repentance, and without having a sense of, Lord, not my will but thine be done, then it's all fake and a sham, and it's not worth anything. You know, if all I do is come to church and put on a suit and look the part and I don't have a sense of humility, I don't have a sense of forgiveness and repentance, 
and I don't have a sense of, Lord, I want you to be in control of my life. And that's why people will say, oh, I don't go to church. There's too many hypocrites. Well, sure, there are hypocrites that go everywhere. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm the biggest hypocrite that ever there is. I pay my taxes and I don't like it. But I do it. Because I know what the consequences are if I don't. You understand? I don't love it. I'm not Mr. Oh boy, can't wait. Oh, let me pay him early. In fact, I'm tempted every year to get an extension. Wait as long as I can. Now, you don't see, you don't have that problem. I'm, I'm being honest about my. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I don't. You, you say, well, is that being hypocritical? Well, I don't do it out of love. And so when somebody is saying, oh, well, I just love, you know, I, I whatever, it's like, you know, Lord, help us. But when it comes to the house of the Lord, I, I don't want to have the show of what I have or do. I want it because I want to be in the house of the Lord. And I know I'm preaching on Wednesday night and all of you are here on a sunny, sunny day when you could be out doing something else, and I get it. But my point is, that's that shoot that goes up to I want, I hunger, and I thirst for more of God, but you can't have that unless you have some good root system. Or it's just fake. And so, anyway, that is that sense of hungering and thirsting for his righteousness and what will bring him honor and what is good for others and myself and we talked about that and then of course the fifth chapter and the seventh verse where the Lord said blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy boy now that's hard blessed are those that are full of mercy wow full of mercy I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm always full of mercy. I try to be full of mercy, but oh no, uh, you know, full of forgiveness, full of mercy. And we talked about mercy and the difference between mercy and forgiveness and forgiveness without mercy and so forth and so on. And we spent a while talking about it. And then we talked about blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God and that sense of being pure, having one focus, having being single-minded, being without impurities, that I want to have a pure emotional response to God. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be pretend. I don't want to act one way on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. Does that mean that I'm perfect all the time? No, but I want purity in my life. I want singleness. When a person acts one way at church and a total different way at home, all of a sudden the testimony is lost. And, and we've seen individuals that can put on a great front and they can dress up and they can have a suit and tie on or they can whatever, and at home they're yelling and screaming at their kids and slamming and throwing and breaking. And unfortunately, I've dealt with the aftermath of that when people say, I don't want to have anything to do with God. 
because they had one persona there. Huh? They had no purity of heart. Do you understand? It was not, it was not pure. Now, does that mean that, you know, I wear a suit and tie everywhere I go? No. And I'm in blue jeans sometimes and a t-shirt and I'm working outside. And I, but I hope that my heart, my emotions, my actions are pure. You understand what I'm saying? Are single. I hope I'm not living one way and then trying to fake out living somewhere else. So then Matthew, the fifth chapter and the ninth verse, and this was sort of, uh, believe it or not, it's the last real beatitude before you get to the reward. And, oh, I don't want to say it, but the price and the reward of living a godly life. All right, here's the last one. When you've done all those others, the final sort of branch that comes out is a peacemaker. And some people never get this far in their Christian walk with God. They never become a peacemaker. They are always a troublemaker. None of us. We're here on a Wednesday night. But have you ever run across people that just like to make trouble? They just like to kind of wind it up and walk away. And they sometimes think it's cute, and I get it, you know. And yet they don't realize the destruction. And they can do it, you know, with so much syrup. Did you hear what so-and-so said about you? And I understand there are times when Obviously, and I, I've told folks, you know, that if you hear that somebody is upset at me, don't hesitate to come tell me. Say, hey, sister so-and-so's upset. You didn't shake her hand or whatever the case might be because I'll be glad to try to make it right. I'm not talking about reporting with the idea of I want to be of help. I'm talking about stirring up strife. You understand? There is a difference between those that want to just throw in a hand grenade, shut the door. Huh? Y'all ever heard about people from the South that are like that? None here in the North. They actually exist down South. It's that sense of the gift of making peace. Psalms, the 55th chapter, says it like this. David is <clears throat> writing this song and he says, Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it on the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst thereof. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile not far from her streets. For it is not an enemy that reproached me. I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated that did magnify himself against me. I would have hidden myself from them. But it was thou, O man, mine equal, my guide, mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together. We walked into the house of God in company. He's the one that put forth his hands such as be at peace with him. 
He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. David was talking about Absalom, his own son. And that's especially hard when it's family. None of us have had that happen, but we've heard stories about those in the South. Huh? And somebody, oh, they're just so sweet when they're on the surface. Huh? But there's no peace in what they say. They have something to say, and it's not peaceful, and it's not trying to be healing. It's not trying to reconcile. And I, I, and, and I want you to hear me again say, I, I am not talking about trying to help people or if somebody is frustrated or upset or needs prayer or needs maybe a little tender loving care, TLC. Uh, you know, my goodness, find somebody and say, we need to pray for so-and-so, or if you can send her a card, or if you can help her, and I, I understand. I've had people say, oh, you know, give so-and-so a call, pastor, if you can, and, and, and I appreciate that. I'm not, that's not, what, that's not, a, not being a peacemaker. That is being a peacemaker. You understand what I'm saying? That is being a peacemaker. When you're doing it out of love and concern and you're trying to rectify a situation, that's being a peacemaker. But, but you know, there are those that, like I said, it, it's like drop a bomb, stir up strife. Did you hear what they said? I don't think they like you. Oh, by the way, I don't think they really like you. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Whatever you do, don't say anything. Okay, well, then I got to carry that burden around. Huh? You're making me carry that now. But maybe they don't like me. And they may have been having a bad day. They may have just been frustrated. They may have had... Five other things going on. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they are, shall be called the children of God. <laughs> Let me read you what Paul said in the New Testament. If the un, but if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God hath called us to Peace. What was he saying? He was saying, you can't make everybody stay. You can't make everybody be happy. You can't make, but we still should have peace about it. Old Testament, Solomon said, deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. But to the counselors of peace is joy. People that are trying to be peacemakers. New Testament said, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. 
We can read sometimes the holiness, but it said follow peace. Doing our best to have peace. Why? James said it like this. Envy, strife, confusion, but the wisdom from above is first pure. Remember, blessed are those that are pure in heart. And it's what else? Peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown where? In peace of them that make peace. Where do the wars and fightings come from among you? Because you lust in your war in your members, you have not, you kill, you can't obtain, you fight and you war. You, you have not because you ask not, you ask and receive not because you ask off target. James was saying there should be peace. And I, I didn't put all the verses, but it talks about the God of peace, the Prince of peace. Jesus says, peace I give you. Not like the world gives, give I you, but let not your heart be troubled. And I understand and I, I, you know, I like to kid, and I, I will, Sister Kay Mills is on me all the time. I'm on her all the time. She likes to play a joke or say something. I do. But I would hate it if I thought, well, I had offended her, and She'll say, you've offended me and I'm not coming back and I know she's kidding here tonight. But I would hate it if I ever offended her and somebody would say, well, I can't believe the way he talked to you. I would hope they would come talk to me and say, Pastor, what you said was a little mean. She got hurt and hurt her feelings. She had a bad day that day, whatever. You understand? Why? Because you're trying to make peace. Now, you know, you do your best. That's that. If you're going to live a godly life, you, that's the ultimate. To be a peacemaker. Titus, Paul told Titus, he said, avoid stupid and foolish controversies, genealogies, decisions dissensions and wrangling about the law for they are unprofitable and futile as for a man who is factious or causes division here's what it said admonish him the first time the second time and then reject him and have nothing more to do with him Paul was very hard and I we don't do that but that's when the Bible says, know those that labor among you, mark those, understand. And if you find somebody that is always throwing a hand grenade in the house, then learn when he comes around, keep your door shut. Or if all of a sudden there's an explosion, know well, it, whatever he said, I may cut it in half and then Huh? You ever had people that you knew 
that you thought, oh, you know, when they come and they go, everybody I've talked to said you're no good. And you're like, thank you. I love you too. How many people did you talk to before you talked to me? Were you making peace? Or were you trying to get a bigger hand grenade? Not anybody around here. I'm talking about what Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers. Paul said it like this. I appeal to you, brethren, be on your guard concerning those who create dissensions and difficulties and cause division. So he told Titus and he told the church at Rome, turn aside from them, avoid them. When Jesus said peace to you, in John the 20th chapter, you know what the next thing he did? He breathed on him and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. What are you saying? I'm, a, I'm here to tell you that if you'll stay full of the Holy Ghost, you know, most of the folks that are not peacemakers, Watch them and see how many times they're in the altar worshiping, praying through, praying somebody else through. Huh? Because hopefully when you feel the Holy Ghost, you feel the peace of God and the love of God. Huh? Hard to come up from that and be mean and critical and angry and all the above. And I understand it's not, it's not, an exact science. Paul even said, if it's at all possible, live peaceably. But it's not always possible. Some people you can't have peace with. Jeremiah told him, he said, sometimes people say, peace, peace, and there is no peace. Solomon talked about it like that. It's kind of like a, a little trickle of water coming out of a crack in a, a dam. And the more the water flows, the bigger the hole gets. And it becomes worse and worse and quarreling breaks out and people get mad and angry and say something. And Simon Peter, New Testament, he said, for let him who wants to enjoy life see good days good whether it's apparently good or not what are you going to have to do watch what you say keep your tongue from evil your lips from guile from deceit and treachery let him turn away from wickedness shut it do right let him search for peace harmony undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions, moral conflicts, and seek it. He said two things. Search for peace and then seek for it eagerly. Pursue it. Go after it. Not easy being a peacemaker. And if you've ever found yourself trying to make peace, sometimes all that happens is you get two people mad at you. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Trying to make peace? And so you go, I'm staying out of it. Because if I say anything, I'm going to get them mad. Then I'm going to get them mad. Because they each want me to take their side. And you've got to be willing to just say, you know what? I want to be a peacemaker. Now, earlier in his book, Simon Peter wrote it like that. Like this. For one in the second chapter, reading it in the Amplified Version. Here's what he said. For one is regarded favorably or is approved, acceptable, and thankworthy if, as in the sight of God, he endures the pain of unjust suffering. You ever try to make peace and then both of them are mad at you? And he said some amazing things here. What kind of glory is it if you do wrong and you're punished? But if you do right and you, something that's undeserved, that you did not, it's not, you don't deserve what you've been talked about, you don't deserve what's being said, you don't deserve it, but it's acceptable and pleasing to God. Even to this were you called. What? He said, you've been called to be a peacemaker. He said, which means sometimes you're going to suffer unjustly for Christ suffered without you leaving a personal example that you should follow in his footsteps. Neither he was guilty of no sin, no guile or deceit was found on his lips. When he was reviled and insulted, he did not revile or offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance, but he trusted himself and everything to him that judges righteously. Now that's kind of the segue into the next verses in Matthew, the fifth chapter. Because guess what the reward is of being poor in spirit and all this and living a godly life? Guess what the reward is? Matthew, the fifth chapter, 10th verse. Blessed are they which are persecuted. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The price and the reward of living a godly life is you're going to get done wrong. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to have to endure something. Why? Because did Jesus get done right? No. So to think, well, I want to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus on earth I long to be persecuted, hung on a cross, and done spit on and done wrong. Huh? Oh no, that's
that's not in the song, Pastor. Sing it again. I want to be able to open the blinded eyes. I want to be able to walk on water. Woo! Persecution. And then the reward is in heaven. Jesus himself said, lay not up for yourselves treasures here on earth, but where? In heaven. Paul told the Philippian church, he said, for you have been granted the privilege for Christ's sake, not only to believe or rely on him and trust in him, but to suffer in his behalf. Now, most of us, if you're like me when you think of that, you think of somebody coming in and making fun of you and calling you a Christian and, and you know, laughing at you, and that's me suffering for Christ. I want to tell you something. Anytime you're trying to do what's right and live godly and it rubs somebody wrong, you're suffering for Christ. Anytime. Anytime. Somebody's doing something wrong and you say, well, excuse me, I'm sorry, I don't want to be part of that or I don't want to hear that or I don't want to talk about that. And they go, yeah, you just are Mr. Holy Joe. Think you're, huh? Paul told Timothy in no uncertain terms, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now, I want to tell you something. Sickness can be persecution. Huh? Emotional stress can be persecution. When you are just being bombarded for you to keep having faith in God and loving God and praising God and worshiping God, when the enemy's trying to tell you, throw up your hands and surrender, give in, don't keep praising, don't keep loving, don't keep coming, don't keep giving, don't keep, huh? And you go, no, because I still have faith in God. God's still on my side. I don't know. Jesus himself said, the servant is not greater than the Lord. If they have persecuted me, guess what? I'm going to persecute you. All these things will they do unto you for my name's sake because they don't know who I am. And you go, why is this a constant battle? Paul explained it in Romans the 8th chapter, and, and you can look at it. It said the carnal mind is not he uses the word in the Greek, enmity. You know what that means? What does that word enmity mean? What does it look like it starts with? E-N-E-M-Y? An enemy against God. Your carnal mind does not want to come under submission 
two, not my will but thine be done. What are you saying? It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And so, when you are trying to let your light shine, you know, and, and most of us, we just keep our head down and we go about our day and I don't want to make any waves and I don't want to get anybody, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be candid with you. I, I didn't try to get any shots if I didn't have to have them. Meaning I, I didn't, you know, go to the student union and say, okay, everybody be quiet. I'm going to pray for my food in Jesus' name. I, you know, I do that. I'm setting myself up for persecution. They're going to look at me like I'm an idiot. I'm not talking about being out there, oh, Father, God, everybody shut up while I pray. But I don't, I'm not saying that you have to do that, but at the same time, that the Bible says it doesn't matter. It says everyone that does, does evil hates what? The light. And they don't want to come to the light because their deeds would be reproved. And, you know, it's not long before people say there's something different about you. What's going on? And then, well, you think you're better than me. You think you're goody two-shoes. You think, guess what that is? Persecution. Say, well, they didn't throw stones at me. Yeah, but you got the look of the eye, huh? And, and, and the, this is where then people make a mistake, and that is, well, I'll laugh at their jokes or I will have one drink with them so they won't feel bad. Guess what, folks? If you've got the light, they're going to feel bad. The fact that you do that is only going to make them justify, well, guess what? I, he claims to be a... Christian, and he cusses as much as me. He drinks as much as me. He, whether it's true or not, he tells all the same jokes that I tell. The enemy will use all that. And, and notice, I'm not saying that, in fact, Jesus himself, I, I'm not saying try to make a big show so that you can be persecuted, you're going to have enough persecution just from the very fact that you have light. You don't have to make all the student union be quiet for you to pray, Father God, touch my food, bless it. You understand what I'm saying? People will persecute you. In fact, Matthew, the 10th chapter says, you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But if they persecute you, no, he didn't say if, he said what? When they persecute you, what did he say do? Flee to another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not gone over all the cities of, of Israel till the Son of Man come. What is he saying? He, he, and so there was a little principle there of he's not saying 
that you need to just take it, you need to just endure it and not say anything. And if they're doing something wrong or illegal or criminal, I, that's not what it's meaning. But at some point, you can avoid them, you can try to avoid them, you can try not to be, you know. But guess what? You're going to be persecuted by somebody. I put down names. How many have ever heard of John Bunyan? He wrote Pilgrim's Progress back in the 1600s. You know when he wrote Pilgrim's Progress? When he was in jail. And you know why he was in jail? Because he preached against the Church of England. Because there was a man that, you know, felt like if you didn't like your wife, it's okay to kill her and get a new one. And so this whole he preached against it, and they finally came to him and basically said, look, if you'll stop preaching, you, don't, you won't have to go to jail. And so he said, well, okay, send me to jail. And while he was there, he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. And how many have ever heard of Pilgrim's Progress? Yeah. And he wrote it from... So what am I saying? That the Lord can take the persecution and turn it into something good. Good for the body, good for... I mean, the story of Moses, the story of David, Paul, John. I could go on and on and show you where the Lord used times of persecution. So how do you know? Do I take it? Stay and take it, or do I flee? Simon Peter describes that. Here's how do you know whether you run or whether you stay and take it. Here's the, the test. He said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. So don't wake up and go, oh, I'm in the fire. I don't understand that. This is strange. I thought I was going to live for God and I'd never have problems. He said, put that out of your mind. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering. So that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. What am I meaning? If you... If your spirit gets to the place where you can't rejoice anymore, if you're not exceedingly glad, then you need to try to run from it. <laughs> if you're reproached for the name of Christ, happy for the spirit of glory and of God rest on your part. He is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Then he goes through and he says, don't let anybody suffer as a murderer or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other man's matters. But if you suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. So the gauge of whether you should escape or whether you should stay is if you can still, if your spirit and your emotions are still able to praise God, worship God, 
magnify God, then stay and endure it. If it's reached the point, and I tell this with young people that are working a job, and it's like, Pastor, it's just overwhelming. I'm just, I can't, I, it's just bombarded one thing after another, and it's getting my spirit. I can't rejoice. I can't. Then I start saying, let's ask the Lord to open a new door. You understand? Because that's the gauge for me. David explained this in Psalms, the 77th chapter. It's a great chapter. If you ever want to, if you're ever suffering from things, you should read Psalm 77. As you go on into that psalm, he says, In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night. Now he was going through physical suffering. And I can go through the Brother Richard, Brother Tracy, Brother Tim, Mr. Wilkes. I, 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 all, we've had some that have suffered tremendous physical suffering. Are the bills going through? Okay? What is going to be the thing that he's going to have, that they're going to have to do is keep praising, keep worshiping, keep magnifying, keep coming, keep raising your hand. You say, well, I can't even come anymore. Just keep singing, keep the music on, keep believing. You cannot go through persecution without the presence of God. And have you ever gotten weary of it? Listen, I got weary of COVID over two years ago. But you know what? You got to keep praising. Huh? You got to keep believing. Say, I'm going to keep worshiping. Why? David said it like this. He said, my sore ran in the night and it wouldn't cease. And he said, my soul refused to be comforted. So his emotional state, his mind, it was just being bombarded. And I'm sure if you went through anybody that's here, my own son-in-law, and you're, it's, it's, it's one thing in your mind, and your mind and it's just pounding away. He said, I remember God, and I was troubled, and I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. And you know what David said I had to start doing? He brought me out of the mire clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of praise. I don't feel like it. Hallelujah. I start in, Lord, what are you doing? I am trying to do my best to encourage myself in the Lord. I will. And then I start asking the questions. Will the Lord cast off forever? You know what the answer to that is? No. 
I may feel like he's left me all alone. He's not there. But you can't sing too many verses until all of a sudden, whoo, start. If you're in the hospital bed, huh? All of a sudden you start, you know, a cold chill, whatever. The hair on the back of your neck rise up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can't sing very many verses of amazing grace or how... And then he asks the question, will the Lord cast off forever? No. Will he never be favorable? No. Is his mercy gone? No. Does his promises fail? No. Has God forgotten how to be gracious? No. Has he in anger shut up his, shut up his tender mercies? No. And then he says, Selah. That means say it all again. Ask the questions. Huh? But I'm being persecuted. Guess what? Blessed are those that are persecuted. You know what he said in the next verse? This is my, what word did he use? Infirmity. But I will remember the works, the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember the wonders of all. I will meditate on all your work. I will talk of all that you've done. I'll talk about how God said, let there be light, and there was light. How God led the children of Israel through the Red Sea. I'll talk about how good God's been. I'll talk about how powerful God is. I'll talk about how God raised up Brother Clark and gave him two more years. I'll talk about how God can go into a room. I'll talk about how I've seen Brother Galoni go through two complete do new birthdays and God's had him here worshiping, huh? What are you doing? I'm talking about how good God is. Why Paul, and this is my last slide, I, I, I know time, but my, why Paul would say something like this. I, Paul, he opens up the book to Philemon, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did Jesus put Paul in jail? course not but you know what he was saying all this persecution I'm going to keep turning it up to him because whatever I'm going through I want him to be glorified I want him I want you to get glory Lord I want somebody to know man he battled with whatever it was but he kept giving God praise he kept singing in the midnight hour in fact, he said, Ephrathus, who is also a prisoner with me and fellow prisoner of Jesus Christ. What are you saying? Some of you are going through persecution physically. Some are going through it mentally and emotionally. Some are going through it on the job and with people. But guess what? Great is your reward in heaven. We're going to shine through it. Man, I know. You know what? Then when somebody stands, I don't know, before the white throne judgment and says, oh, I would have lived for you, but I prayed and you didn't heal my big toe. Somebody else says, here, tell them what you went through. Here, tell them how you suffered. Tell them you kept praising you kept, can God heal? Just like that. 
Why doesn't he always? I don't know. But one thing I do know, if I'm going to suffer, I'm going to do it with trying my best to keep singing. That's why we pray for one another. That's why we encourage one another. That's why we call them up, say, let's pray. I can't tell you. You, you know as well as I do. You, you've seen Brother Tracy come, Brother Galoni come. You've seen people come, and you can say, I don't understand. They've prayed once. Why are they praying? Because they're in the middle of the battle. And they are trying to keep singing a song in the midnight hour. Why are you keep coming? Because I need strength to keep singing. Because I don't feel like singing. I feel like screaming, shouting, fussing, cussing, whatever else. Huh? That's what my flesh feels like. But my flesh hates the spirit. Does not want me to worship. You understand what I'm saying? That's why, you know, it's like, okay, devil, if you wake me up, I'm going to have a prayer meeting. So it be in your interest and in mine. Let me sleep. Because I'm going to start praying for every missionary. I'm going to pray for everybody in church. I'm going to talk in tongues. You understand? Why? Because I want to keep giving glory to God. Amen? Beatitudes. I wish it could end better, but it does in this one regard. He said, great is your... You may not have a bunch here, but aren't we going to be surprised when we get there? Many that are first... going to be last. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. Thank you for being here. I, I wish I could tell you I got these beatitudes down, Pat. I always have the right attitude. <clears throat> Pray for me that I keep the right attitude. Is it easy to get off track? Huh? So what do I do when I get off track? Start back at the first one. Humble myself. Put my roots down. Huh? I can't go through persecution without having a good root system. In fact, that's what the sower, he said, when it falls on hard ground, when the sun comes up, and the heat gets on, guess what happens? They wither and die. And I'm going to tell you, the sun is scorching, S-U-N, everything. We're seeing a scorched earth policy. People are angry, frustrated, emotional. In fact, Sister Kathy Holmes is not here tonight, but... Someone told me she operates a clinic down here to help people that are struggling, stress, and emotional issues. And someone said her business is backed up more than it's ever been. So I, you, you say, well, I'm the only one going through it. Oh, no. The Lord's turned the heat up on the entire world. People are angry, frustrated, 
stressed. It's in their spirit. It's in their mind. It's in their soul. What are you saying? I'm saying, what a time for us to keep praising the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's do that. Let's just thank him for his word. Lord, we love you to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we want to be like you in a world that is on fire. Help us be a place of peace. Help us be a place of refuge. Help us to have a song in our heart. It's not easy in this hour. It's so much easier just to give in to the flesh, to be angry, to be frustrated, to be fearful, to be anxious. Oh, God, give us strength. We want to be like you more than ever before. Why? Because we believe you're soon coming. And it's going to take a lot of faith and trust to keep having to do what is right and to keep having a good spirit in the midst of a world that has absolutely gone off the rails. Oh, God, bless us. Bless each individual that's here tonight. Bless us with your presence and your spirit. We want to be like you. We want to have the attitude that you want us to have. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let's sing it.